0: everybody, welcome to Press A Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Zephyr Zero, and joining me today we have Wild High seventy seven. Nice intro. There you go. And we also have Ray, the chronicler.
1: How's it going in Audio
2: Land?
0: And (laughs) additionally, Anthony is joining us today. How you doing Anthony?
2: Doing good, I'm so sorry that you have me on this podcast. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, but, uh, don't, don't yeah, apologize. We, Voice talent's always great. <laughs> you got
3: a, you got a, you got a, a video game screen name that we should be calling you.
0: Uh,
2: Anthem eight one six. Anthem 816.
0: 816. 816. <laughs> All righty. Today we are talking. Today we are re- venturing away from the video games for a little bit. I know it's almost considered blasphemy, almost, but we are talking tabletop today. Yay!
2: That's what she said.
0: So where are my Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder peeps at?
2: <laughs> all up but in here.
0: Marvel superheroes.
3: Big- uh, 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 oh, my God. Uh, Vampire the Masquerade. Uh, Star Wars tabletop.
0: You bring all that up, and it actually brings us to the main topic of today's podcast, not just tabletop, but is tabletop gaming making a comeback? Because back back in like the seventies and eighties, there was just all kinds of tabletop role playing games. You had Twilight two thousand, gangbusters, Marvel superheroes, uh Star Trek role playing game, Dungeons and Dragons, GURP obviously. GURPS. <laughs> like you had a ton of, of role-playing games that kinda tapered off a little bit into the the late '90s and the early 2000s, but relatively in recent years, uh, it seems like tabletop RPGs, pen and pe- uh, pen and paper RPGs, are starting to make a comeback. Like I saw a freaking Dresden Files role playing game in a game store the other day.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, we I ta- believe like, it. We were talking. To, we were talking about Fallout before the the show started. Fallout's got a, a tabletop. Yeah, they just recently.
2: Oh them. yeah, I saw that. Saw the story
3: of the day. You know how <laughs> bad I want to play that.
0: <laughs> the real, the real question is: Does the Fallout do you... pen and, Fallout pen and paper RPG, compare to Twilight Two Thousand?
2: <laughs> Twilight Two Thousand. You might uh, have to Twilight, explain that one.
0: Twilight Two Thousand uh, is a pen and paper RPG that was, uh, I want to say, early eighties to late eighties. Uh, it was basically your post-apocalyptic, um, after-World War Three scenario, and uh, it involved a very, um, I would say, very well-designed combat system, because it was all based on probability to hit. So when you're using guns, that actually makes a difference. Oh, wow.
3: See that—that's okay. the thing. Like, like I think I think we would have to start off this podcast, uh, this particular podcast, especially for like some of our listeners. They not be may not be th- too familiar. Like they've heard of Dungeons and Dragons, and and Pathfinder, you know, which are the two biggies right now. They may have heard <laughs> of you know they may have heard of like White Wolf and 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 Vampire the White Masquerade, Wolf. but. Uh, let, let's be honest, we may have to give an explanation of really what... like a, a more detailed explanation of what a tabletop role-playing game is. And to be fair, Zep, I know it's your show, but I think your boy Ray might be the right one to give that explanation.
0: I think Ray is the perfect one to give that explanation because I will fully admit I am I am a youngin'. I, I, I was not around for the heyday of tabletop RPGs. I only have second-hand knowledge. So, he got, he got I'm going
2: to need you to learn me too. <laughs> Ray is
0: going to take the wheel and give us a breakdown of tabletop RPGs. A brief history, if you will.
3: And, and just remember, Ray, there's <laughs> yeah, two could... people here that uh, enjoy sloppy seconds, apparently. <laughs> well, I appreciate you. You know, I'm, me just the <laughs> I'm just a young Thundercat trying to learn.
2: It's like I'm just trying trying to understand this wholesome game we called Dungeons and Dragons.
0: <laughs> oh, we can go in
2: uh, that. History. Plus, I got a shitty D. Okay, okay, he's not a shitty D. He's just an asshole. <laughs> I, would,
0: I, would, I would call Dungeons and Dragons a lot of things. Wholesome is not one of them.
2: <laughs> well, true. Some of the suggestive themes. Yeah, <laughs> will give you that.
0: <laughs> you know, the party's tendency to usually become murder hobos.
2: Every time. Oh! Okay, yeah. About 99.9%.
3: <laughs> More often than not. <laughs> so, Ray, give us a little breakdown of what a tabletop RPG is. Uh,
1: Well... The the easiest way that I found to explain it to somebody who has no prior knowledge of what a tabletop RPG is is to say that it is like a like a play, if you will, and, and the everybody gets around the table and they create their characters and and they're going to be the protagonists and sometimes the antagonists of you know the the play itself uh, one person at the table is, uh, you know, kind of nominated as the uh, dungeon master or game master or storyteller, whatever RPG you happen to be playing at the time. And they're essentially acting as the narrator, and they're going to build the world up for you, set the tone, the story, and using the player input, as well as throwing input out to the players to interact, they create this huge, amazing, fictitious story in which pretty much anything can happen really
0: that's a good explanation
3: it is a good explanation i would have gone with just simply paper pencil dice and imagination Um. hey
1: you know too long didn't read right there there. that's the tldr
0: yeah (laughs) that's the tldr right there but uh
3: no, he, he. You know, uh, I've always I've always looked at it as kind of like uh kind of like when you rehearse for uh, a, a movie or something like that, and you do the script reads around a table. It's kind of very similar, uh, right? A lot more improv,
0: right? Well, actually, uh, something something Ray and I were talking about over messenger the other day. Um, having a grid map and miniatures is actually kind of a relatively new um and when I say new I mean within like the last decade or so uh, two decades I guess at this point
3: um
0: development in pen and paper RPGs for tracking combat and whatnot, because in original editions of most pen and paper RPGs it was all imagination you had your character sheets and your dice which of course were the numbers and uh determined success or failure but you were pretty much doing it all by imagination
3: it's the way I've always done it I, I, I never understood I like I get the visual aid for some people and all but I I, I don't know I don't know how I feel about like having having a uh, uh, grid grid maps and and a whole bunch of little little tiny figurine avatars telling me I'm in a you know 10 foot room with a bunch of cobalts. Uh, and it's probably not a good idea to cast Fireball, because I don't care how big the room is. I said cast Fireball.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: there we go. Murder Hobo 101, ladies and gentlemen. But, but
3: no, how do so I torch my teammates this time? <laughs> but I mean, I mean personally, as, as a player, I've never d. De- well, no, that's a lie. I've DMed once. Um, as a player, I've always just preferred letting my mind immerse into the world and I, I almost feel like it would take me out of it to stare at a map and, yeah, and little figurines.
0: Okay. I think there's a happy medium. Like, the way my group does it, uh, our DM only uses the grid map for combat.
1: Right, that's that's how and, I do it as every,
0: well. everything else is just imagination. We're not, like, traversing the town using the grid map or whatever. Everything else is he explains, describes what the area is like, what the objectives are, and we decide what our characters are going to do. And then when we get into an encounter, the, the grid map comes out, the figures come out, and there we go.
1: Nice. That's I the will, ol-
0: I, only time we ever use the grid map is for combat.
1: I will say as a, a DM, um, using the grid maps actually... That that takes a lot of time and effort, you know. Either you spend an hour or two before the session even starts drawing out all these intricate maps and stuff that your players are likely not to get to because they never follow the story. Or you try and wing it and do it right there on the spot and your players are all standing there rolling dice idly waiting for you to get done drawing. So it's That's, kind of a...
3: That was the catch-22 I was literally thinking of, too. It's like, are you supposed to draw, like twenty uh, 2030 maps and hope they get to the uh, to those particular rooms. <laughs> yeah. <They're>, right, exactly. <laughs>
0: our Our current Our current GM has solved has had an interesting solution to that problem uh, for our campaign, and it really has to do mostly with our campaign setting. Uh, we're actually playing a pirate campaign in Pathfinder right now, so most of our combat takes place on our ship, and he actually has a a grid. Style designed for tabletop RPGs ship that he uses for uh, placing the miniatures and everything, and it's like you can take it apart for the different levels of the ship. It's actually pretty cool, but it's an interesting solution to the problem of having to draw out a um, combat area. Is most of the combat is happening on the ship? You just got to place the uh, the miniatures and go.
3: Mm. Simple enough. Well, see, with again, with me, I'm not, I'm not advocating that you shouldn't use maps and avatars. Uh, you know, if that's, if that's what you do, do you? I'm, I'm not saying I would, you know, leave the group or something like that if that's the way people play. Just personally, like if I had a choice between the two, I wouldn't use them right. as a DM right. or as a player. Well, but that at is the same, the ta- But at the same time, I'm a guy that still argues the point that the, I don't see the problem with Thaco.
1: <laughs> oh, so you like doing long division? Okay.
3: What's long division? Thaco to hit armor <laughs> to hit armor class zero. If I need a five to hit an armor class of zero, and the enemy I'm facing has a uh, armor class of negative two, it means I need a seven. How hard was that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're forgetting all your modifiers, and if you've got a magical sword and. You know, if they're wearing magical armor, there's a lot of factors that go into play here.
3: I get that, but at the same time, it's still, okay, I add one, I take away two.
0: But, <laughs> yes, citizens of the realm, you heard that right. <laughs> tabletop RPGs involve math. Ooh.
3: You know what? Like, before, we, before we go into the bad things of RP, tabletop RPGs, and especially like the... the, the, the the stigma that was always around things like Dungeons and Dragons. We should talk about the positives. Uh, besides social interaction be- with between each other, it did have a lot of uh, positive effects, especially for like school students uh, mm-hmm. with researching, with uh, creative writing, with mathematics. I mean, most Yay. most Dungeons and Dragon players I knew were better students than those that didn't play.
2: Very true. I can say from a lot of friends I knew in high school that they were like Blood Bowl and Dungeons and Dragons and all that kind of stuff, and
0: like don't get you don't know get they would
2: do a lot more reading and research on things going to mythology.
0: Don't get me wrong; I always have my phone in calculator mode right next to me during every campaign, <laughs> but that's just to double check my numbers. I still run them in my head.
3: Right. I I mean I I use a calculator uh, on my phone or you know when I was doing the Pathfinder campaign for for this channel or uh, you know before then when I played Second Edition D and D I'd have you know uh, a calcul a normal calculator or at least a piece of paper and I would double check myself or I'd have little tally marks for like damage I've dealt or damage I've taken so that way I'm not fucking up my character sheet you know all the time yeah. but. Yeah.
2: I'm still learning.
3: <laughs> but yeah, like Jesus. you, I would I would do it in my head. I'd roll my die, I'd see the hit and it's like, "Okay, that's a, this, add this, add this, take away this." It uh yeah, it's a, it's a 23. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, uh, segueing into another another thing of uh tabletop RPGs coming back into the mainstream. We have so much tech that goes along with uh tabletop gaming these days. Like, you can go online and find a marketplace for freaking dice, dice bags, dice towers, uh, little little dishes you can roll your dice in,
1: mm-hmm.
0: DM screens of all types. Oh, yeah. It used to be you only had the DM screen that came with the Dungeons & Dragons box you bought back in the 1970s with the... the Dungeons and dragons official art on it and nowadays you can get all kinds of freaking dungeon uh, DM screens you want
3: <laughs> I'm laughing
0: you can get custom DM screens these days.
3: I'm laughing. You're talking about dice bags. I remember I used to drive my grandmother nuts because I'd always steal the Crown Royal bag off her. Yeah. Crown Royal bottle.
2: <laughs> no, not the Crown Royal bag. <laughs> who, are we yeah. ki-
0: who are we kidding? I still take the Crown Royal bag. <laughs> dice bag hey, bags those bags. bags are handy. They last forever.
2: Right? <laughs> you can't you go wrong with a nice felt.
0: There, there we- are vendors at my LARP that sell the Crown
3: Royal bags <laughs> for Dice Dice bags. Well, as expensive, With as, the Dice freaking bottle is, as expensive as the bottle is, they gotta make their money back somehow.
2: Mm-hmm. I used to keep my juice in the, um, for my um, vape in the uh, Crown Royal bag. I'd be carrying it work and they're like, don't you think it's a little early? I'm like, this is my vape juice. <laughs> <laughs> Are you over there sweating yesterday's bar trip? <laughs> <laughs> smelling like old Hennessy. <laughs> okay, I'm done.
3: <laughs> I right, know, You're bringing back some memories of a couple campaigns I wish I could forget. <laughs> and trust me, I tried drinking them away. It didn't work. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs>
2: that bad, eh?
3: Well, speaking, speaking of uh, tabletop, you know, and, and, and Zephyr, this might be a good segue. Your buddy Ray here, the, the, the chronicler, we have not announced this yet. Do you think it's time we should announce it? Are we getting a candy bar? We're getting a candy <laughs> bar.
0: We can, we, can, uh, we can give them a little uh, little taste.
3: little taste? All right. Well, with Presse uh, with, with Press Gaming and with Realm of the Miss Entertainment, it's going to be in conjunction of both. Uh, mm-hmm. We are bringing back the concept of live tabletop role-playing right here on Press a, uh, Realm of the Miss' uh, channel. With Mister mm-hmm. Ray, the chronicler, and I'll let him explain what he's doing and what's going to be happening.
1: Uh, well, what'll you know without giving too much away? Because I want the the listeners to come on in and check it out, and you know maybe get inspired to try out the game for themselves. But um, we're going to be doing a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, campaign uh, based out of my own mind parts, um, you know they call that a homebrew. Um, we won't be using any modules or anything, you know, original characters, original campaign, all that good stuff, um, you know. And I think it'll be a good time. We got we got a lot of good stuff planned.
0: I still haven't picked my class yet. What do you guys think?
3: Half. Mm. Ha- uh, half gay druid, uh, um, what the fuck are they called? Kender. <laughs>
0: oh my God, you want me to play a kender? No, that's terrible. <laughs> that would be bad. I would be stealing everything.
3: <laughs> a druid kender who's gay.
1: Well, you know, I, I'd like to interject a little bit here for a second since we're talking about, you know, what what class Zephyr wants to be. Uh, you know, one of the things that has really kind of started to irritate me on the internet lately is everybody tries to relate a tabletop to a video game. And, you know, I get that. They're they're looking for that connection because maybe they've never tried a tabletop before, but, you know, maybe they're, they're leery of it or they're unsure, so they're trying to relate it to something that's familiar. But anyway, I digress. What has really irritated me lately is, you know, they go into these tabletops and they say, oh, I want to play a tank. I, I, you know, I'm sorry, but there's no such thing as a tank in Dungeons & Dragons. It doesn't work like video games. As, no. No, nah, as the DM, you, as you the DM there's no such thing as a tank. If I decide that every monster on that battlefield is going after the wizard, I guess the wizard's the tank. Yeah,
3: uh, let, let's, be, let's be fair, Zephyr. There, there, there's, there's no, no such su- thing. There's no such thing as a tank. It's a meat shield. Right, right.
0: There's no such thing as a tank in the sense that um, Dungeons & Dragons, Pathfinder actually does have a couple of things in in it that actually you can draw aggro. Uh, it's got a couple of mechanics, but in, as far as Dungeons & Dragons is concerned, and I'm not super well-versed in 5th edition, uh, my last romp with D and D was fourth fourth ed. Um,
3: I repeat second there, edition.
0: <laughs> there really isn't any way to pull aggro. So you're right. There isn't such a thing as a tank, but other pay, pen and paper RPGs absolutely do have the, uh, party roles as tank. Uh, it's not DPS, uh, in, in pen and paper. It's uh, striker. It's called being right. a striker.
3: Right. Yeah.
0: Um, and then you got Field Controller and Healer, obviously.
3: Well, I was going to say, in most in most tabletop RPGs, you've got your your, your Fighter or Warrior classes, which I guess kind of would constitute as your Tanks because they are the ones Correct. Who, suited best for defense and, and, and offensive melee or, or whatever the oh, case may tank, be. And tanks you, tanks you,
0: typically would actually be your Clerics or your Paladins. Your Fighters and your Warriors are uh, going to be uh, your Strikers.
3: Right, but I'm I'm saying as far as like when people don't understand the mechanics of of a ro- tabletop role playing to a video game role play, like the, when nine times out of ten, when they think of a tank, they think of a guy who could stand in the middle of the group and just take a beating and, and still fight back. That would that would basically be your warrior classes. Your range classes mm-hmm. would be your ranger, your archer, your whatever the case may be. And then of course you got your magic users and your healers.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. So maybe so- like a orc barbarian or something.
3: Yeah.
0: It can hmm. be equated to, say, MMORPGs or whatnot, but there is a big difference. And, and, oh, yeah. and, and that's because it's a turn-based game as opposed to a real-time combat. So in real-time combat, your tanks and your DPS make a big difference. And in uh, turn-based, it's, it's more about you want to have a striker you want to have somebody who can absorb damage and their job is pretty much going to be getting in the way of, uh, enemy monsters or things that are going on in combat. And, uh, basically just being a big enough pain in in its ass that it's forced to try and take them out.
3: (laughs) The the, the best Uh, way, the best way for a video game player, uh, For a video game player, if you want to have kind of a a Dungeons and Dragons or a tabletop roleplay experience in a video game, I wouldn't recommend an MMO. I sure as hell wouldn't recommend, you know, uh, a first person RPG or or something of that nature.
0: Try Uh, Fire Emblem.
3: I wouldn't even use Fire Emblem. I would say the original NES Final Fantasy, the first one. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, original NES Final Fantasy because it's pretty much a direct video game adaptation of Dungeons & Dragons.
3: Yeah. like
0: yeah, that, that, is little... that, that is pretty much yeah. what Final Fantasy was.
3: If you could deal with their yeah. initiative rolls and their hit and miss rolls and, and the way the creatures uh will decide to hit your low hit point wizard instead of your tanky warrior, then you could sit down and play tabletop. If you can't tolerate that, keep playing Elder Scrolls. <laughs> I can't
2: believe you brought out that old Jim
3: <laughs> it, it's hey, the closest you know. thing to like tabletop RPG I think I've ever played you,
0: know, you know, Final Fantasy is on the tip of everybody's tongues right now because they just dropped the reveal trailer for the Final Fantasy 7 remake and oh my god is it beautiful
3: oh it's pretty it's pretty Cheers.
0: I'm, I'm just I'm just a little sad because they dropped the trailer and it's an updated combat system, so it's not the original turn-based that Final Fantasy VII was.
3: You're right, but at the same time, you know how little I give a fuck. Just give me Final. I, I've been, you know, just take my money. Give, give me this game already. I've been hearing about <laughs> it forever. I've been waiting for this game forever. Arguably, it's probably yep. the greatest Final Fantasy game made. Uh-huh. If you, got hoping, I like seven and nine.
0: I'm hoping, I'm hoping this remake does well enough. That they give us a remake of some of the other ones that were good, but not like everybody fell in love with them. Because I liked Final Fantasy VIII a lot.
3: I knew you were going to say eight. I knew you were going to say eight. Why are you going to say number eight of all of them? Dude, because eight, I like
0: Final Fantasy VIII.
3: Eight pissed me off so much because of what they did to Squall. That, oh my god, that pissed well, me seven, off so much. That seven, can burn in hell. Seven
0: pissed me off because of what they did to Aerith. So you know.
3: Oh, Aerith, Aerith fucking... Oh, uh, no,
0: fuck, we're gonna have to watch her die in HD. God damn it.
3: <laughs> Eight, seven, seven and Aerith, you know, that, that traumatized me in my early 20s. Me too. <laughs> and by early 20s, I mean I was 20 years old when the game came out. Um, But it traumatized me, because you don't expect a main character to go down like that.
0: <laughs>
3: nope. I wasn't especially especially, you in, you games, game especially in
0: games back then. Oh, yeah. Like... Early nineties <laughs> right. main characters didn't die.
3: But I'll tell Plot you what, Armor
0: was in full swing.
3: But I'll tell you what, eight pissed me off so bad because you get you got involved in Squall and his story and he how he doesn't want to get connected to other people because you know, because he's afraid if he gets to know people and then he gets separated from those people and he's gonna die alone. You get it, you understand. But then they work and they break down his barrier and he becomes part of the team and he loves his people and then at the end of the game, he winds up in an alternate dimension and dies alone. Fuck you, Final alone. Fantasy VIII. <laughs>
2: that's why i like 9 better than 8 that, that's, that's why that's
0: why you play final fantasy 8 and you just never finish the game
2: <laughs> you just let it fade away it's a memory that never gets happened,
0: his guys. happy ending he can't die he can't die alone in another dimension if you never defeat the final boss
3: <laughs> oh shit but no, that, that that you know getting getting back on topic here that that that's what i would recommend for players that want to try Tabletop, but want to see something equivalent in a video game. I would say you can get an emulator for free and play the original, not the fu- not the uh, remakes that were on the PlayStation or on the Game Boys or anything like that. The original, the original. Final Fantasy for NES.
2: Basically, yeah. we got to go back in the day, 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 day.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: a load the of dust off. <laughs> I remember that game. Oh yeah. Oh my God! I feel get, old, get, now.
0: Get some white mage, black mage on.
3: Or if you you're really, that. if you really want to have a taste of it, do Dragon Warrior One, where you had to use a fucking, oh, 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 when you oh, oh, had to oh. use a menu command to walk downstairs. <laughs> oh wow, hell to the noll! We ain't going that gonna, old.
0: If you're gonna go that far, you might as well just have him play Zork.
3: <laughs> hey. Or do, the ET game. Do muds still exist? No, the Mm online, the online text-based RPGs.
0: Mm. Yeah, those still exist.
3: Play those. Oh my gosh, they still exist.
0: They've they've got a they've got a whole uh, internet archive of them. I'll have to find it one of these days. But they've got a a website that's got uh, the text-based RPGs for like just about everything. Zork, uh, muds. uh, Trying to remember other one of them. Uh, Uh, Professor Quandry.
3: <laughs> Man, I remember, I remember getting into a uh, getting into a land for for a mud, and you'd had to wait in line for somebody to fucking log out to get just thrown into a fucking already started party game. <laughs> yeah. Is that when we had the two hundred, uh, the two fifty six?
2: Basically, yeah. Jeez, louise <laughs> you taking this back to some dark times bro for,
0: for all you youngins in the, in the in much younger than me in, in the audience uh this is back in a time when in order to connect to the internet you had to put your phone on a receiver
3: <laughs> oh that pissed that pissed you off even more like back in the day with the uh, with the data fax modems and shit and you're sitting there you finally get into a land you're 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 playing, you're getting into the story, and then all of a sudden the screen just freezes because your sister decided to make a phone call. (laughs) (laughs) Good times, good
2: times.
0: (laughs) And then we got dial-up, which wasn't much better. No.
3: (laughs) You got mail. Oh,
2: dial-up. Let's blow off the dust.
3: (laughs) You got mail. You did that way too well. (laughs) <laughs> because I've
2: heard it a lot. You got to do what you got to do for 9.95 a month.
3: <laughs> Net zero. <laughs> oh
2: my God. Right?
3: So uh anyway, I'm I'm really trying to get Ray involved in this. He's got he's got to discuss some more. Um <laughs> <All> right, Ray. <laughs> so I already know what kind of character I'm playing in, in the campaign. Yes, I will be one of the uh, players in Raid's campaign, which uh, do you want to reveal the name of the show? Um,
1: I, we can. We can absolutely do that. I already uh, put that out on my Instagram, actually. I was so excited for it.
3: Oh, nice. Um,
1: <laughs> but uh, the name of our show will be The Chronicles of the Lost Realm. Um, yeah. It's kind of... Uh, kind of a little tying in that
0: branding there I see. Yeah,
1: you know, got to get my name out there. <laughs> no. But, you know, it's it's kind of a foreshadowing of things to come really.
3: Really. So you you, you base the story that you're going to be putting us through on on the title.
1: Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It, it was a collaborated effort to come up with that title and I thought, you know, why not incorporate it right into the story that's nice Uh, Nice. you know myself as a DM I you know I've been I've been DMing since 96 and you know I know that's not super long in most people's books but from a storytelling DMing point that's that's a that's a while but um, one thing I learned over the course of all the this time is you get from the game what you put into it and the the biggest influencer of the game is the players. Now, when I first started, it was, a, you know, kind of the end of I was playing the end of first edition, getting into second edition. And, you know, the, the times were changing. And at that period in time, Gary Gygax, the you know originator of Dungeons and Dragons, he had this mindset that it was the DM versus the player. It was the DM's job to try and kill the player. It was the player's job to try and survive. Kind of like a normal game you would play at the table with, you know, a board game. There's got to be a winner. There's got to be a loser. Like, that's how they had it. Um, But, you know, the advent of second edition, they started changing that a little bit to where, you know, it's more about the tale. It's more about getting the players involved. So, throughout the years, I've I've learned to really listen to my players. So I've adopted this playing DMing playing style of, I'm going to throw something out there at the very beginning. You know, I'm going to set the world for you and then I'm going to respond to what you do. Not the other way around.
3: That, that was something that always appealed to me to, to, to particularly dungeons and dragons. Cause I've, I don't have a whole lot of experience in other role playing games. I, I, played a little bit of GURPS, I played a little bit of Cyberpunk, uh, played a little bit of Vampire the Masquerade, mostly Dungeons and Dragons. I've had my one experience which you guys know with Pathfinder. Mm. And and one homemade role playing game that a buddy of mine in high school created that I actually named called Metal Fantasy. Um oh. <laughs> which nice. he completely ripped off the character sheet from Marvel superheroes. But I mean, you know, it was it was a, it was a fun game. Um I, I,
0: I, I can't really judge that too much because I plan on taking the Marvel Superheroes RPG and building a My Hero Academia uh, campaign based off of it.
3: Nice. So.
2: Uh, are you serious?
0: Oh, hell, hella hell, serious. Pretty much all you got to do is take the Marvel Superheroes Heroes campaign and, and change all references of superpowers to Quirk and you're good.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, the whole phase rip and everything else was was stolen from that. But I mean, what what appealed to me was like, you know, unlike with a video game where you have a clear defined beginning, middle and end, you're going for that last boss fight and the game over with 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 RPG tabletop RPGs, particularly Dungeons and Dragons, the goal is to get your character to retirement.
0: The goal is char- <laughs> right? the goal is character growth. It's character growth, but it's,
3: it's to the point where you don't want you to see your character die, you want to see your character go off into the sunset, fade, fade off into to his golden years, because he made it through his life. The, 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 the point of Dungeons & Dragons is to live.
0: Yeah, I'm actually struggling with that with our Pathfinder, with our, our Pathfinder campaign right now. Uh, my character is, for all intents and purposes, dead right now. He somehow managed to get his soul stuck in his soul gem, so he's dead. It's reversible, but he's for all intents and purposes dead.
3: Right, and you that's know, And I, I always thought I always thought that was more appealing because it was about the story and the journey. And once the journey ends, it may not end in a a you know a blaze of glory facing down a god dragon. It may be you've saved a fucking farmer's goat. From falling right. off a cliff, right. and that's your final, your final adventure. Mm-hmm. It is. It did. Did, and and that appealed to me. It, it appealed to me that like it wasn't going to be the exact same experience every time. Um, yeah, yeah, I absolutely. Go, go,
0: agree. Going back to like how it, how Dungeons and Dragon was in the beginning, because Ray brought up Gary Gygax and the DM versus player. There are some brutal modules from back then oh yeah like absolutely terrible like you are not does they're not designed for you to survive it, it is it is a test of how long can you survive how far can you make it in the campaign uh, tomb of horrors comes to mind
1: <laughs> <laughs> which coincidentally is probably my favorite dungeon to put people through i, I <laughs> quite enjoy doing that
3: Will you be pulling references from these modules uh, through, through Chronicles? Um, I was
1: actually thinking at some point of using the Tomb of Horrors, but calling it something different. Um, just, just not to kill the characters off or anything like that, but just to, you know, see what you can do with it. Uh, it was always labeled as the Thinking Man's Dungeon. Uh, it's easy to survive
3: as long as you are not impulsive. God, you just brought up a memory of a character.
0: Uh, as long as you don't go full murder hobo, you're good. Um,
3: exactly. Now you're you're bringing up you're bringing up a memory of a character in a campaign. Uh, not that I played; a buddy of mine played, and he used to annoy my DM to no end uh, because he played he played a nar- narcissistic cavalier, like no. the type, um. like like the type of guy that if he's in a deep dark dungeon and he smiled, the room would light up, like right. that narcissistic. And he he was annoying my DM one particular day and my DM turned around and uh, exposed us to a room full of mirrors to which the Cavalier absolutely fell in love with it. You know, like automatically running to it to check himself out, how clean his armor is, how how bright his smile is. And (laughs) it turned him to stone and he was left that way. (laughs) Oh,
1: nice. So there's (laughs) a
3: there's a statue of a Cavalier uh, thumb on his chin. You know, smiling at himself, staring at a mirror, still to this day in that dungeon.
1: <laughs> oh man!
0: <laughs> uh, one of
1: one of my more favorite diabolical traps.
0: I to spell trap this. <laughs> oh god!
1: One one of my more uh, favored diabolical traps is uh, just a very simple like a slide trap just randomly placed. But at the end of said slide is a gelatinous cube waiting to break the player's falls. <laughs> um, gelatinous cubes for, you know, those unexperienced with it are, are basically large cubes of a gel jello like gelatinous material, but it is sentient and it dissolves whatever lands into it, absorbing its nutrients. So, yeah, you can try and struggle your way out, but it, it's known to be kind of difficult.
3: It's a Bill Cosby so. jello square.
2: Oh.
1: oh. Jeez
3: Louise. We- <laughs> you did not
2: bring the cause into this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny,
0: funny, but wrong.
3: <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> no, getting
0: the pudding pop. <laughs> Hello, it's the pudding Put in uh, the,
2: the pudding into the jello, and that is what you get. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gosh,
1: but you know, okay, I, I'm done. I do have um, one uh, an, an additional little tidbit to put out here um, for anybody who might be listening that's on the fence about trying this out. You know, any tabletop. This isn't just exclusive to Dungeons and Dragons. It's just what I happen to know the most so- about. So many
0: types of tabletop. Like, right. Uh, pick a genre, there's tabletop of it. Like That is what, part of what I was getting with the topic of it coming back into style. Like, holy shit, pick a genre, there's a tabletop for it.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, just, recently on Reddit, um, one of the Redditors, Mr. Builder, coined a term called the Matt Mercer effect. And I don't know if anybody's familiar with who Matt Mercer is, but he's... I am. Uh, He's uh, a voice actor, pretty pretty predominant. He did um, some DMing for Vin Diesel and some other celebrities. Um, but basically the paraphrasing of what Mr. Builder was getting at is he had this Dungeons & Dragons game. He had some new players coming in, and they had been watching you know 30-plus episodes of Critical Role, which is Matt Mercer's video of them playing the game. And so when these players came in, they were, they had this expectation, right? Right. I love grog. (laughs) You know, they, they they had this expectation of what the game was going to be. And obviously their DM was not Matt Mercer and they certainly weren't Vox Machina. So it wasn't what they expected. So you, you mm-hmm. when you're trying out a game like this, you you're, any game, tabletop-wise, and, and you're getting into it for the first time, everybody's going to be a little nervous. Your voice is going to be mm-hmm. shaking. You might, you might be embarrassed. Even, you know, I find myself a lot as a DM. These are my close friends. I've ran numerous games for them. But whenever I start a new campaign, I always get kind of nervous right at the beginning. You know, I'm not sure how it's all going to turn out. I don't know if I'm going to do a good job and I'm I'm no voice actor even though I'm trying, but I'm going to give it my all and if you give it your all, I think we're going to have a good time.
0: My, yeah, I, I my first ever character for D&D ever was known as Kanis the Nosebleed Ninja.
2: <laughs> I rolled
0: I rolled a rogue. And obviously, you know, that, that involves pouring a bunch of your points into stealth and, and relying off of sneak attacks and, and all that stuff. The only problem is, in my rolling, I got some pretty bad stats that I had to assign somewhere. And I mistakenly uh, chose Constitution as a dump stat. Yeah, And so, my... Nin- my my rogue character I call him Ninja because he was all based on stealth and everything, but uh, and it you know, it's alliteration with nosebleed. Wound up with two ho- two hit points to start out with.
1: Mmm, mm, that's <laughs> so.
0: The joke the joke was he got a nosebleed which would die.
1: <laughs> hence I Canis believe the, it. Hence Canis
0: the nosebleed Ninja. It's a wonder he survived that campaign.
3: My first character was a drow ranger. Oh gosh. Uh, named Nim Takedonalis, take which uh, you, you guys will get familiar with with uh, Nim in Chronicles. It, it, it'll it'll happen, but uh, Nim, I, I remember his first his first ever thing. I I knew my DM knew he had a monster on his hands, and so did I. And it's my first experience, but uh, being being a drow in the Forgotten Realms world, you know, um, obviously being on the surface, people didn't like me, and I walked into a tavern. And I'm wearing a sash of of a of a, an, ass, an assassin's uh, group that are rogues that that uh, the world knows over in Waterdeep, but they still don't like us because we're drow. And you know, I'm trying to get a glass of meat or whatever, and two drunk idiots come over and try to pick a fight with me. So me being a chaotic good ranger, I'm like, you know what? Uh, I'm I don't want to kill these guys, but I want to get them away from me. So I called shot. I was like, I will take my two scimitars, I will use the blunt ends to go behind their legs and trip them. I rolled two natural 20s. (laughs) Beautiful. Wow. They both fell down and broke their necks. (laughs) (laughs) You lucky son of a gun. (laughs) I can't
2: even roll like that, man. Oh, shit. <laughs> Every time I roll, I end up getting punched or something. <laughs>
0: uh, the, 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 there, was, there was a campaign I was playing with a, a couple of friends a number of years ago that we ended up getting into a bar brawl, and my uh, hybrid fighter ranger went to go break it up and rolled a criti- uh, critical hit. on. Uh, he went to go grab the stool or, or knock the bar stool out of the one guy's hand because he was waving it and trying to hit people with it, rolled a critic, uh, natural 20 on it, and basically punched it and disintegrated the barstool into sawdust.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Needless to say, yeah. the entire barroom bar, bar brawl came to a screeching halt.
3: For those who ever listened to the Gaming XP uh, episodes that we were doing here on, on Realm of the Mist, you know I was playing Nim's uh, son, Faron. And we were in one of the first fights, and it, it, to this day, it's still probably one of my most favorite moments uh, that I've ever had playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons Pathfinder tabletop role playing. Is uh, I called for a double stab because I was carrying two long swords or two short swords rather, and I called for a double stab, and I I rolled high, so I was able to you know insert and lift him up. Yet you, you know the the I forget what it was. I think it was an orc we were fighting, and by my next turn, I'm standing there holding this this dead body up with a, with two swords, and I look over at another orc, and I turn around and I fling the dead orc off of my swords into the other orc. Rolled a natural twenty and killed the other orc with an orc. So I beat a motherfucker with a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> You
2: sir are legendary.
0: Isn't, isn't isn't that phrase just the entire plot of Soul Eater? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, gonna beat, I'm gonna beat this motherfucker with this motherfucker.
2: Pretty much.
3: You know, so that that
2: and uh, Maka just throw me around to see what happens.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I tried to do it again with uh with a uh, war priestess character that that we had running with us. I tried to throw the uh, orc. To the war priestess to hit with this like god hammer that she had, that didn't work. <laughs> it would have been cool because I was thinking like baseball, like I'm pitching to her, you know. But it didn't work. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, as far as anybody like my personal advice in this day, especially in this day and age, with uh, with the way Zypher, uh described. There's a lot of technology out there that you could use for tabletop RPG. Uh, like like Ray had described, you could find things like Critical Role or Dice Camera Action on YouTube and check out like how people play. But mm-hmm. you could also go to places like roll20.com and you could get involved in in online tabletop RPGs. You could create a character, jump into new uh, uh, new player uh uh, I want to I say worlds for, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term and, and get the experience before you finally sit down at a table with a group and, and try this out for yourself and I think that would be the smarter way to learn it.
0: There is a program on Steam called Fantasy Grounds that has um, several different levels of licenses for it all, all varying prices uh, to include a free option And obviously, free is the most limited. If you can join in to somebody who has a license, if they invite you, Uh, but if you get a master license for um, Fantasy Grounds, you can have people who don't even have Fantasy Grounds at all can join into your campaign, and it's a complete suite that you can you can have the the grid map on the computer. It's even got you can roll virtual dice. On the program, it's it's basically a one stop shop for online pen and paper RPGs.
3: That's not a terrible idea, and of course, you know this day and age, like uh, the, the, the the big thing I've noticed with Dungeons and Dragons books because I've looked at them, you know, especially knowing that if I ever want to play again, I got to get the newer editions and shit like that. The prices are outrageous. I, I, I know they're outrageous. $60 for a uh, player's manual. You know, $70 for the Dungeon Master Guide. You know, um, but you can find these things online.
0: Online PDFs. You can yeah. find online <laughs> PDFs. You are a pirate.
1: <laughs> you, yeah. are, you are taking money from these poor developers' mouths.
3: Well, if they, if, they, if they would go back to the fourteen ninety nine, like when I was playing uh, second edition d and D, I'd be fine with it. But $60 for a 100-page book? Fuck you. Well, yeah, you know, how... this
2: time, in this day and age, you know, with the popularity and everything, you know, they're just trying to get their hustle on.
3: I wouldn't pay $100 for War and Peace, and there's a lot of pages in that book.
0: <laughs> now don't don't get me wrong. I I definitely contribute. That's an RPG, buy, Bob. And buy buy the books and buy other official. Um, I don't want to call it merchandise, but I guess official merchandise for these different RPGs and the different companies that make them. Uh, and all, always support the creators. Always, like, come on, guys, always support the creators, but there are places to find this information online that you don't have to pay through the nose to get. And, you know, honestly, sometimes I prefer to buy the books, the physical books, uh, just cause I like going to my physical game stores, uh, to kind of jump off what, uh, Chris was saying earlier about the, there's places online to find it and jump in with other people and play. Uh, Find your local game stores. I guarantee you there are people who are like trying to set up games game groups for uh, with people to play with.
3: There's certain comic shops too like i'll I'll name one here uh here in Pennsylvania. uh if you're in the eastern Pennsylvania area, go up to uh near the Willow Grove, uh Willow Grove Park Mall. There's a little comic shop called Brave New World, and they do tabletop RPGs uh, I think on Friday nights. And then down in Jakintown, there's a seventh, seventh dimension, and they're always doing tabletop RPGs, and uh, you know Magic the Gathering tournaments and, and stuff. That there's places you can go.
2: Oh yeah, in um, Independence, there's a place called Gang Cafe, and it's pretty nice. They even got an arcade in there too. Old school yeah. games and stuff.
0: In uh, in the in Buffalo and Niagara Falls area, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Dragon Snack Games and uh, Iron <laughs> Buffalo.
2: Iron Buffalo. That sounds kind of tough.
3: (laughs) Sounds like a microbrewery. Oh, (laughs) man.
2: Sounds like a You know what? A good microbrew sounds good right now. I'm not going to lie. Iron
0: Iron (laughs) Buffalo is kind of awesome because they did this event a a while ago of uh, back when Infinity War came out. Right. They did an entire marathon of every Marvel film up until that point.
3: Good God. (laughs) <laughs> I bet the staff was saying, "Can I go home, please?" <laughs>
0: no, it is the, the owner's the one who decided to do it.
3: I said the the staff. I didn't say the owner. I oh. said the, I said the staff. You know, the one making seven fifteen an hour part time normally. That's on their twentieth hour.
0: <laughs> Jesus, Louise. I know. I'd enjoy getting to watch Marvel movies all day at work. it would oh, be yeah, fun. That's true. Um... <laughs> And it's not like it's playing. It's not like it's playing the same movie over and over and over again. It's it's each movie in the series going forward.
2: <laughs> That's a lot of Grant, movies. Granted, That's there
0: weren't as movies. granted there weren't as many as before Endgame, which holy crap that would have been. Oh man, twenty two films. Twenty two films. Uh, but you could skip the Incredible Hulk, probably.
2: <laughs> okay, first of all, yes.
0: <laughs> it's it's just it's just confusing because it's not Mark Ruffalo. It's confusing
3: okay. because it's not a good movie. <laughs> okay, so do we got
2: to bring back Lou Ferrigno? Yes,
0: we they did. <laughs>
2: I Actually, mean, he's still buff.
0: Lou Ferrigno had a cameo in the Incredible Hulk movie. It was with the Stan Lee cameo. Yep. There were the two security guards. One of them was Stan Lee, and Stan Lee was explaining the job to the other guy. That was Lou Ferrigno. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody fucking missed it. I but, missed uh, it. I, but, I, I, uh, still,
3: I still wholeheartedly believe that uh, the cameo appearances should still continue, but it should be Deadpool. <laughs>
0: mm. Yeah. I you know Ryan Reynolds would do
3: it. You, you know that, he would do would it. That would be funny. He's the only character that would make sense. Although I still say it's a missed opportunity that Stan Lee was not, uh, that one of those cameos wasn't him in the Avengers uh, uh, headquarters. And, you know, he's a janitor. And he's coming in cleaning the room and he sees Milner sitting on a table and he lifts Milner up like it's nothing to dust underneath it, sets it back down, looks at the camera and winks. (laughs) That's what we needed and we never got it. It's a missed opportunity. That
2: would have been great. Maybe they did the Walt Disney and cryogenically froze them or something. <laughs> right next to Walt Disney or something.
0: I just the man, I just had the, the man the, uh, deserves his rest.
3: I I just had the non sequitur uh, scene from Family Guy about Walt Disney come up where they defrosted Walt Disney and he sits up and he goes, "Are the Jews gone yet? No, the Jews aren't gone oh, yet. God. Put me back under." <laughs> uh...
2: Walt Disney, <laughs> racist son of a bitch.
3: But no, that that would be my my recommendation. Again, getting back on on point. I mean, Ray, you're a DM. You 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 tell me if I'm wrong here. You know, d- d- there's plenty of avenues and outlets. Whether you go to your local store, you go to these places like Roll Twenty, um, and you find out for yourself and get some experience before you sit down. You know, and find out if this is something you want to do before you sit down at a table. Because personally, one thing that always frustrated me as a player, and I got to imagine it's even worse for a DM, is you spend all that time and energy getting a character together, getting a backstory together, uh, getting them integrated into the story, getting them integrated into the group, and then they just bail on you.
0: Oh, that is that is the number one problem of of get uh, of tabletop RPGs, and we've covered the positive. I guarantee you we have sold a couple of people on tabletop RPGs at this point. Now we're going to cover one of the negatives. It is so hard. So hard to get a regular group going together. Because nobody can make a schedule line up.
1: I absolutely
0: agree with that one. (laughs) Uh, But anyway... To bring it back around to the original point of topic and, and try to wrap it up everything of uh, tabletop RPGs are definitely making a comeback these days, uh, we've got more genres than ever of tabletop RPGs to play around with you want your high fantasy you got Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder uh, you know GURPS, uh, Fate Sit the fate system, which you can pretty much design whatever genre you want. Um, you've got, if you want, your sci-fi fare. you got the Star the, the Star Wars role-playing game. you got the Star Trek role-playing game. Uh, one I actually want to pull out and try late, uh, soon is uh, Starfinder. They, they basically took Pathfinder and turned it into space.
1: It's right. Pathfinder it's, in space! It's a really good system. I, I really like where they went with that.
0: So I, I, I want to try and give uh, Starfinder a find. Uh, if, if you're a horror fan, you've got horror ar- tabletop RPGs you can play around with. There's stuff like Trail of Cthulhu. Um, ah. I, I guess Vampire the Masquerade technically counts as horror.
3: There's even <laughs> sports. Depending on how they play it.
0: Yeah, they've even we'll got sports ball. RPGs.
2: There are. You could have a team of all humans, all orcs, all ninjas, and shit like that.
1: Gives a gives a whole new meaning to um, fantasy football.
3: (laughs) It really does. I'm I'm just picturing a team of orcs uh, playing curling. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't even want to picture that. I would laugh too hard.
0: I was imagining imagining a uh, a a team of orcs against a team of kender. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: That can be a thing. You
3: gotta have a whole bunch of elves
2: versus Orcs.
3: You, you know what was just running through my head with that that iteration? You remember the old Nintendo game Ice Hockey? Where you yes. had the fat player, the normal player, and the skinny player, and the fight would happen, mm-hmm. and the skinny guy would constantly get thrown out of the group? <laughs> yeah.
1: mm-hmm.
3: That's exactly yeah. what went through my head, you talking about, like, <laughs> Orcs versus Kender. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Hells to the moth.
1: I, I would definitely have to agree. Kind of driving the point home about you know the the popularity of tabletops coming back. I mean, I know they kind of focused on D and D because that's just what everybody knows. But back when you know we were younglings, we uh, we had to deal with you know social ostracization. Like, no, if you played those games, you were a straight up nerd. Like you you were a social outcast. But now you've got You know, shows like Futurama and Big Bang Theory, Stranger Things—they're all like dropping dimes on D and D, and now people are like, "Oh, my favorite celebrity is playing D and D. It must be cool now. All right, I'm gonna give it a try."
0: I blame blame Will Wheaton for bringing it into the mainstream. Well, you know,
3: you know, you got to get—it's—it's also the fact that, like, uh, like Ray said, that culture changed when we were kids, when most of us were kids. It wasn't cool to be a nerd. Mm-hmm. It wasn't cool that you collected comic books or played magic or, or you know, uh, ran your own clan in a video game or something of that nature. It wasn't. Right. It wasn't cool. It wasn't cool that you oh, could that name man. all the uh, all the members of Avengers since the nineteen sixties. Nowadays, it's celebrated. Col- nerd culture is is the cool culture. Right. But, but back when we, back when like when I was a teenager. I used to tell my buddies I was going out with my girlfriend just to go fucking get up with my D&D group on a Friday night just so they wouldn't know I was a nerd. Uh, you know? <laughs> yeah. And now
1: well, you, you know, just speaking,
3: Don't have to hide it anymore. No,
1: yeah. Right. Speaking of Will Wheaton, uh, if if anybody ever you know, wants to actually, you know, if you saw him in Big Bang Theory and you thought, oh, you know, that that seemed kind of cool, whatever. If you ever really want to hear Will Wheaton actually play D&D, uh, check out Acquisitions, Inc. Um, that was quite hilarious for the first season that he was there. Um, he he played a, a really good character that I, I believe is going to be very likened to your character, Chris, with uh, Chronicles that's coming up.
0: Ah, nice. You know what? I'm thinking Sorcerer. Oh, okay. I think, I'm thinking I'm going to do a Sorcerer. Oh, geez because I, I enjoy rolling fistfuls of dice, and I enjoy the idea of all of my spells rolling off charisma.
1: Uh, yeah, you know. 5th edition really did some uh, positive things. Um I mean obviously dexterity being how nimble your character is for those that don't know um is still the super stat. It you know pretty much everything can be tied into dexterity somehow or another.
3: Well from but, my the, mom. <laughs> <laughs> but the
1: the secondary one I would have to say is charisma. I mean you could pretty much you could be a completely combatless character With a high enough charisma. You could talk your way through the entire game.
0: Oh yeah. Jedi mind tricks and shit. That's why (laughs) why everybody enjoys playing bards so much.
3: Oh yeah. Fucking hate bards. Seduce (laughs) everything. (laughs) Fucking hate bards.
0: I said slay the dragon, not lay the dragon.
2: (laughs) You know what, that's a good idea. That means we can put that in the party. (laughs)
0: It's <laughs> like, hey, baby,
2: I need you to go in on.
0: I'll play, I'll play a bard just to pl- just to piss off Chris. <laughs> Don't
3: think I won't role play it too.
0: <laughs>
2: Man, Chris gonna kill us all. If we all play together.
0: My instrument is a harmonica.
3: <laughs> oh.
0: oh, lordy! All
3: all I'm thinking is uh, uh
0: blues traveler.
3: All all I'm, all I'm thinking. All I'm thinking with a bard right now, all I'm thinking is Dice Camera Action, uh, Nate, Nate's character. If you guys watch Dice Camera Action, like his character's funny, but God, he annoys the piss out of me. We can. <laughs> I fucking hate bards. <laughs>
0: well, I think we have fun character. <laughs>
3: so, yeah, if
1: anybody wants to uh, tune in for some laughs, definitely check out Chronicles of Lost Realms. Sounds like it's going to be a chaos fest. <laughs>
3: Well, we, right. we 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 definitely know for uh, for 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 this upcoming, uh, Ray is obviously going to be DMing. This is his show, um, and as you could tell, myself and Z- uh, Zephyr will be part of the show. Um, Zephyr, Zephyr, Zep, <laughs> as I call you, Zep. Uh, you know, so we're there's still room at the table, so to speak. So you know, not only not only. Uh, people that are part of uh, the Realm of the Mist community, but uh, people listening to this, if you are a role player and want to get involved in this, we we have room. Send us a message. Give us a comment down below. Let us know.
1: Absolutely. You know, the more the Uh, merrier. I
0: would would love fan involvement. Are you kidding me? Oh!
1: I promise I won't kill anybody in the first session.
3: I don't make (laughs) that promise.
0: (laughs) Especially You're gonna a kill fucking... somebody in the first session. If there's can... a bard, don't, if
3: there's a bard, I'm hitting it up. Don't
0: don't be a team killing fucktard, Chris. <laughs> it's a
3: legitimate strategy. <laughs> let's let's a not I'll be bit chaotic about stupid. All of Chaotic stupid? Can I can, can I can that <laughs> be my alignment? <laughs> chaotic.
0: Stupid. I think I'm pretty sure Murder chaotic. Wrong. I'm pretty sure chaotic stupid is going to be the alignment across the board for our party. <laughs>
1: sure. You know, I, I, would like to throw a little something out there about that actually. Like, so everybody seems to, you know, be into this impression because of the, the old school ways of things, you know, your alignment is a very loose guideline. I'll say of how your character generally acts Um, and chaotic means exactly what that word means. You, you don't particularly like laws or rules. You want to do your own thing. And then the other half of your alignment is either good, neutral, or evil. So obviously chaotic evil is the worst of the worst and lawful good is the best of the best as you know, that's how it was thought. But if you ever take the time to read in the book and you look at true neutral, The first line in the description of true neutral is, you do what you feel is right at the time. (laughs) I feel like that gives you so many more liberties.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, the, the alignment does tie into the character class you decide to play. Like, you can't be a true neutral druid. Well, I, I'm sure you can, but I'm just throwing it out there. Right, like there, it'd be it'd be difficult. Yeah, very difficult. There, 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 there are restrictions to certain classes that, if you want to play, you kind of have to choose particular alignments because it just it it doesn't mesh. You can't you can't be a, a cleric of a good god and be chaotic evil. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Absolutely. You you
0: you, you really can't be a chaotic evil paladin either. Because paladins are almost always lawful, even if they're an anti-paladin. Right, right. They're almost How about always a neutral, Good monk. Neutral good monk is is generally okay. Monks monks have a wide alignment spread. There are
3: yeah, certain,
0: certain always... there are certain classes that have a have a narrower alignment spread than others.
1: Yeah, I always did The Monk as, you know, whatever your backstory of your temple would be. You know, there, there's evil temples out there. We see them in movies all the time. There's good temples out there, so it's, you know, whatever. Hey, how
2: about Morocco from Inuyasha? <laughs> mm. That's a tough one.
3: <laughs> I'm almost getting the impression that Anthony wants to join in.
2: <laughs> could be, um, could be a thing. <laughs> 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 Anthony might be able
3: to join us. All right.
2: I'm still learning, well, though. I'm not going to lie, man. So don't get frustrated with me.
3: Well, as as it was mainly pointed out, Zepp isn't very well-versed in 5th edition. I haven't played Dungeons & Dragons since 2nd edition. So I think it's going to be a learning curve for pretty much all of us. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. But, you know, you know this
1: is kind of one of those downsides if it's actually a double-edged sword um with the popularity of tabletop gaming coming to the forefront and people really getting into it more and more um you know they had to change a lot of stuff you know we brought up at the beginning show the the thaco thing and how to do math and things like that and they kind of wanted to simplify and streamline things so i promise you with fifth edition it's very easy to grasp and learn there's they really move the rules down to the easy end of the spectrum. I mean, my eight-year-old son has a character. It's, it's not a hard concept to grasp. Well,
3: there's, a, there's also one golden rule in most tabletops. In fact, Gary Gygax himself has put it in, in many Dungeons & Dragons books, is that these, the, the rule books themselves are guidelines. And at the end of the day, the DM and the campaign trump all. Right. right. So, mm-hmm. so like, like uh, with with Chronicles of the Lost Realm, it's a homebrew campaign, which means there could be rules that you know. For people sitting there listening, they're sitting there thumping their Dungeon Master Guidebook, like, no, that's not correct. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We should probably put that as a disclaimer in there that you know <laughs> we're just playing fast and loose with these rules.
3: Right. You know, <laughs> it's whatever the it's whatever the story and campaign demands.
1: I'm I'm. What they call a very um, uh, rule of cool, you know. I'm I'm gonna <laughs> let you get
3: away with a lot yes. as long as it is cool. <laughs> so totally it, it. so beating a motherfucker with another motherfucker does that fall nope. under rule of cool?
0: All right, so yes. you know, Those talking
3: on the that, the
0: bard loves to hear rule of cool. <laughs> <laughs> T-
1: talking on beating a motherfucker with another motherfucker. Um, I was actually running a Star Wars Saga Edition tabletop RPG when I was in Las Vegas, and it was with a whole group of people that they had seen the movies, but they weren't really into the lore or RPGs in general. But um, there was one particular player that was playing a Jedi, and she wanted to be more focused on force use and you know less on the lightsaber aspect. And she actually used, you know, uh, I forget what the power is actually called in Saga Edition, but she used the force to lift a creature because they could not seem to shoot it at low levels with their laser guns. So she used the force to lift the creature and beat its friend with it.
3: Nice. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And, you know, I just, I had...
1: Right, like, I just had to go with it. It was too good to not do, you know. So. You want
3: to buy some death sticks? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: There's a bard for you. <laughs> all
0: righty. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's about time to wrap it up, so... Uh, Absolutely. Chris, where can they find you?
3: You can find me anywhere you find Realm of the Mist Entertainment, right here on YouTube. Make sure you check out the website down below in the description. Hit that uh, hit that link to be able to go check out all the great uh, shows from Realm of the Mist Entertainment and Press A Gaming's podcast, uh, not just podcasts but video game services. And, of course, you can find us on Anchor.fm. Give us a support or wherever quality podcasts are heard.
0: And, Ray, where can, where can they find you? Uh,
1: I'm going to be uh, doing the Chronicles of the Lost Realm here very shortly. We, we don't have an actual hard date yet, but keep an eye out for it. It's going to be a good time.
0: And Anthony, where can they find you?
2: Okay. My name is Anthony Anthem, a.k.a. Mr. A.K.A. You can find me on Delivery Bros 816 on Twitter and Instagram. Anthony Anthem Williams on uh, Facebook and on um, Instagram. And um, check out the podcast Delivery Bros on all major platforms.
0: And last but not least, uh, I am your host, Zephyr Zero. And you can find me on Realm of the Mist... On Press A Gaming podcast, you can also find me on Twitter at zephyrzero, and you can also find me on Facebook at Keith Zephyr Partlow. And um, wow, brain completely lost me there.
3: Whoa, long train, short track. Yeah. <laughs> so are you okay over there? You gonna make it?
0: Uh, it was like it was like Final Fantasy. Uh, Final Eight? Fantasy IX, su- suplexing the train. <laughs> right there.
1: That's all right. Chris can nice. fix it in post. <laughs>
0: anyway.
3: Why would I do that? Remember is, the is... rule of cool? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Rule of cool. Oh, my. This is the Press A Gaming Podcast, and remember to press A for more great gaming content in uh, two weeks.
3: There you go, guys. We'll catch you soon. Bye, guys. Why didn't the three little pigs go in for some kind of flat share scheme? Does Jesus get to choose which wine he turns it into? Why don't Sims have the upper body strength to climb out of a swimming pool? And does everybody really want to be a cat? I'm
2: Will Baker. And I'm Alex Prescott. And if you're the type of person that overthinks these deep philosophical questions,
3: then Think to the Brink is the podcast for you. From Disney characters to song lyrics, debates to social etiquette, tune in every week for your dose of paralysis by analysis.
2: All topic suggestions are welcome. If you can think it... We can overthink it. Think to the brink. Available on all podcast platforms.
0: Hey, everyone. This is John Polly, inviting you to check out War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Each week, me and my co-host, Christopher Stolley, discuss the news and theories surrounding one of the largest franchise movie frames in the world. So join us every Wednesday as we travel to the galaxy far, far away here on Anchor FM and wherever fine podcasts are heard.
3: When you need CBD, vape juice, or new mod, go to One zero eight five nine Boston Avenue, Philadelphia, PA nine one one six. They are formerly known as East Coast Vapor. They have all your needs, all the equipment, all the juice. And hey, while you're there, sit down, enjoy a beer, and just hang out with a bunch of cool people. If you really need your next vape machine or maybe just want to try a locally made uh, juice, make sure you hit up Vape Scorpion. That's 1085 Boston Avenue, Philadelphia, PA 19116. Or give a call to 215-464-8273. Oh yeah, and make sure you let them know that Realm of the Mist Entertainment sent you.
0: that. That's offensive. Well, someone's gotta say it. It's a to be said with Venus. catch a live show Tuesdays
2: at 9pm Eastern Time. Check out the recordings at any time. Guess check. listener, beware. Mature content, sexual content, trigger warning,
3: do you dare say Hi, my name's Chris, and I'm here about Realm of the Mist podcast. In this podcast, we talk about all the great entertainment things from movies, music, books, comic books, and many, many other forms of entertainment, as well as politics, current events, and just general humor and having a good time. If you're looking for a podcast that is right up your alley, look no further than Realm of the Mist Podcast here on Anchor.fm or where fine podcasts can be heard. Hi, this is Dave from The Comic Collection at 83 Busselton Pike in Feasterville, Pennsylvania. Our phone number is
0: 215-357-3332. We are right next to Northeast Philadelphia. We have action figures, gaming, statues, albums, and
3: CDs, graphic novels, other knick-knacks, and, of course, comics. Established in 1985, we are your go-to store. Come by and say hello say that the guys from RadioCast FM Radio sent you.
0: The address again is 83 Bustleton Pike, Feasterville, Pennsylvania, or call 215-357-3332. Three-eyed
3: turtle? Is that alright? A <laughs> the fuck is a three-eyed turtle? are you tired of the same old podcast with no humor well join us for after hours where everything is funny that leads to us on anchor.fm and where quality podcasts are heard. how the fuck did we get on this <laughs> i don't know FCC started this shit it's their fucking fault
1: Hey everyone, this is Zach. This is Liam. And this is White People Shit. We are a bi-weekly podcast Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Maybe you're bi week weak. I'm straight and strong. It means twice a week, you douche. Oh. Yeah, listen to us twice a week. On White People Wednesdays. we talk about gay stuff, zombies, superhero sex positions. And on Feature Peep Fridays, we interview the Feature Peep of the Week. Yeah, like a fucking furry. Just search WPS Podcast and look for the white dude in red pajamas. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. YouTube we believe in equal opportunity humor, where all things can be made fun of. So if your feelings get hurt and you're offended, you can always eat a dick.